I was absolutely certain that Bolico Wanka was going to clench it for me. <laughs> This episode of the podcast, Liverpool go from bad to worse. And are Manchester City a massive club? Also, Deo Upamecano, Carlo Ancelotti, Wolverhampton Wanderers, and that William Saliba video. Sit back, relax, crack open a cold one. It's time for four manks, one toffee. Just talk, just talk us through, Chris. Like, I'm sat here with my Chelsea fans. Don't tell me you hate me. I'm with a Christian oh. Pulisic mug here right now. So you can't say you don't hate me right now. Tell me what just happened with Timo Werner. Delicious ball over there. See how, see how that happens now. If we weren't recording like we weren't two minutes ago, there's no way the word delicious comes out of my mouth. <laughs> uh, recording. <laughs> there's a reason I got you to speak through it again. <laughs> delicious ball over the top. Alonso nods it back across the box. It is just Timo Werner. There is no one else around. If it was a Western film, yeah, it's just Werner there on his own and nothing but... <laughs> Tumbleweed. <laughs> Tumbleweed coming across. He gets his positioning all wrong. He gets his movement all wrong. He tries to take a wild swipe at it and it goes wide. He's just Look gone it. so too cool. And you can tell that there's fear in his eyes. <laughs> <laughs> He's thinking, I'm fucked. I'm fucked that. I'm... You know what, though? That header, I don't think you gave that enough. Uh, sort of like the, it was a quality cushion header from Alonso. Quality yeah. cushion header. A hundred percent. That is a striker's dream for someone to be there to nod that back into the box. And Tom, Thomas Tuchel has gone from Neymar and Mbappe to, to Timo Werner and he, he must have watched that happen then and thought fuck my life what the fuck am I going to do with this guy <laughs> Lampard sat at home fucking laughing oh, but yeah Lampard sat at home turning around to his fucking missus like, I fucking told you see I told you it wasn't me it wasn't my fault stupid fucking bastard <laughs> i tell you what though lads um, there's been a fair few newcomers to the Premier League that have really struggled this season, hasn't there? It's a common theme. Werner, Havertz, Van der Beek. Like, what is going on? Mm, I don't know, though, because there's been just as many. You've absolutely smashed it. Like, I'm going to turn to it because Josh has got a face on, so I know he wants me to mention. So, before, like- before you go to him, though, because I am probably the second biggest advocate, except from Josh... He hasn't been outstanding. He's Alan. been no, Alan's been great, but Hammers. He had the first five, six games, didn't he? Yeah. And let, he, let's he not got... talk about Evan. Let's not talk about <laughs> Evan. No, yeah, let, no, do you know what we're gonna Swiftly do? Swiftly moving on. Yeah, do you know what we're gonna do? <laughs> and we have made a pact. Um I'm, at, at the time of going out, this is we're, we're gonna we're gonna live stream this across all the channels. Say live stream, we're gonna stream it across all the channels on Wednesday night. So, um, 
first things first about house cleaning. House cleaning? What'd you say? <laughs> housekeeping. Housekeeping. Yeah. About house cleaning. See you later. Back in town. About you pay for that, don't you? Don't, 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 you have, don't you have a cleaner for that, Collins? Not, we're not talking about that, are you? I just, I've, got, I've got, as you can see, I've got my connections. <laughs> Shout out to Wednesday Harriet. Um, a bit of housekeeping for anyone who's watching this. Obviously, we are not live, but pop questions and comments and stuff below, and we will get back to them on Wednesday and Thursday morning. Um, but what I was going to say then is we did agree, didn't we, before? We have absolutely nothing to say about United and Everton. So if you've come here to watch us speak about United and Everton, sorry, you're out a lot this week. We've got absolutely nothing to say. Nothing's happened over the past few days. <laughs> Have we even played? This weekend. No. <laughs> I don't think United no, played this weekend. Sorry, we're going to have to disappoint all you listeners today. <laughs> it's not happening. No. And I, I'll use that opportunity to pass it over to the show host, Danny, who's going to lead us into our first team that we do want to talk about. Hi, Liverpool fans. What's going on? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Where- <laughs> Can't can't see from down there near the bottom of the table. <laughs> this lads is fucking beautiful. This is the best title defense I've ever seen. Oh, it's that one nil. One nil. Yeah, Chelsea just scored. scored yeah. Sorry, sorry. I'm just watching <laughs> it's <all> again. Right. <laughs> Keeping everyone up to date. Well, Timo Werner was on the left with the ball, so you know, as long as he's got nothing to fucking do with it. Nice assist, that one nearly an assist. Oh, we, yeah. For those that are unawares, we we have our group chat and we were chatting during the uh, Liverpool the Liverpool Leicester game over the weekend, and all you boys were convinced Leicester are bottle jobs, Leicester are shite, Leicester are this, and I was like, lads, lads, don't worry, it's fine. Did they come good? You fucking damn right they did. Thank you, Alison. I mean, you fucking with... shit cunt. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they weren't even in the game for they, they 70 minutes, were they? They were not in the game for 70 minutes. And then, I don't know, Alison might need to, he might need to wear six or seven pairs of socks because he got cold feet again, didn't he? It's just absolute <laughs> nightmare. Um, you know, gift, gifted. You know, Jamie Vardy, that, I mean, what he was doing with the centre-back, I don't know, miscommunication or whatever, but the game just turned on its head in, what was it, seven minutes? Yeah. Whatever it was. Even the third uh, goal? I mean, Kabak was awful for the third goal. He just looked like he was running through mud to try and get back to Harvey Barnes. Just take him out. Tell you who was awful for all the goals. Again, Trent Alexander-Arnold. He's having an awful season, isn't he? He's nowhere defensively. Mm. I was re-watching the City highlights the other day and the amount of times that Sterling just completely ghosted past him. And again, he couldn't get anywhere near Barnes. He, he broke his own record again for giving the ball away in a single game. Do you know what? Like, you, you can be forgiven for, for getting ghosted by Sterling because Sterling does yeah. that to most defenders. What is really worrying about Trent is the fact that it's happening against Brighton. And it's happening against Burnley. And there's just the Burnley game in particular. Like, we all yeah. watched the Burnley game, didn't we? We watched Liverpool yeah. play Burnley. His, he was awful. Like, every single time he got the ball, he just tries his customary run up the right. And it was just hopeless balls into the box. And me and Tarkovsky, I mean, they must have thought the fucking all the birthdays come at once. 
every single time something comes into the box, cheers, nodded out, done and dusted. Do you know what it reminded me of? The United Fulham game from about seven years ago. Don't. And we, we drew to all and we put in 82 oh. on crosses. And Don't. Brader Hangland, honestly, he earned his full paycheck in that one game. No. That game is like, te- like testing for dementia from heading from football, which should be used on him first from that game and that game alone. The amount of times he had to clear out with the ball with his head. And they scored two off what three shots? Yeah, that was prime Moyes ball. That I mean, I, I cut sorry, Dale, I cut right across you then like a minute ago just talking about leaving Liverpool and stuff. But uh, watching the game over the weekend. You hit the nail on the head. I mean, 80 minutes. They were in cruise control the first half. Leicester had nothing. They were offering nothing to the game. Liverpool were in complete control. Great goal. I mean, let's give credit where credit's due. Great goal. Um, Roberto Firmino, we oh, set the piss out of him. what a but torch. That was a fantastic assist. It really was. And and Salah, he didn't have much work to do after that. Like, Firmino Still made... Still a good finish, though. Still it was a good goal, good yeah. Finish. But he, he made everything about that goal. And then to capitulate like that in the last 10 minutes is just frightening. Like, what, what's gone, what, went, what went wrong in the last 10 minutes then? What happened? Um, I mean, where do you want me to begin? The goalkeeper, centre-back, the right-back. <laughs> they fucking wank, aren't they? But, but fucking, who, would have, who would have thought that signing a centre-back from one of the worst teams in the Bundesliga that we've ever, ever seen would have been a good idea. That's like us having centre-back issues and thinking, you know where we need to sign someone from? Fulham. Mm-hmm. Or Sheffield United. Right. Or, yeah. yeah. Well, I didn't want to say that and insult you again. So, just, I'm, every <laughs> single day that goes by, I'm, I'm trying to get more and more acquainted with the fact that I'm going to have to give you £20. I just, <laughs> it's a bit of a... It was almost as if, as soon as, as, soon as Equaliser went in, because there was a bit of a Barney, wasn't there? Like, he was, by the way, that was a, definitely a penalty. I'm not having it was a free kick. I know he went in, but that was a penalty. My, am, am I wrong in thinking that was a penalty? Which one, the tackle that Thiago did? Yes. I don't know, because I'm erring on the side of caution with what happened with Cavani the other week against Southampton. But that was a penalty. It's a penalty. It's on the line. The line's part no, of the area. It's it, a penalty. It, it, this is the problem. Like His foot was on the line, but the tackle was on his shin, which was behind the line. And that's where that that's the that's the problem in the rulings. If a player, a part of a player is on the line, they are in the box. Not that part. Like if it's if his toes are offside, then he's offside. So why, if his toes are in the area, is he not in the area? Like why is it not why is it not black and white like the offside rule is? But even the, the even the offside. Okay, because if if you're going to try and line up the rules the same, take offside for example. Now, all right, Cavani's foot's on the line, but you're saying he was fouled behind the line. What happens if Cavani's foot is offside, his left foot's offside, but his other foot's onside and he receives the ball into his onside foot? Like, That's what I'm saying. He's offside and it it's wrong. Yeah, it's wrong. It's got to be... Boys, we've got the game on. <laughs> we've got the game on. <laughs> Go on, Dale. No, I was going to say, I think the the penalty, not penalty, I think hasn't been brought up as much because Leicester went on to win the game. Yeah, I think if that... You know, if that, you know, if they don't score from that free kick and they end up losing the game 1 0, I think it becomes more of a talking point. Should they, should Leicester have had a penalty? I mean, it was it was close. You could, it, it could have got either way. You know, I don't think anyone really would have been too, 
you know, yes, it was a penalty. No, it wasn't. I think it was it was on it was on the very fine lines of going either way. Um, but like I say, that 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 free kick's gone in. They've not been in the game for seventy five minutes. All of a sudden, it's one one. You know, and then you know for the last twenty minutes, they're thinking, here we go. You know, we've not been in the game, and we can get something out of this. And then we witnessed Allison and. Whatever, whatever that was, it was magical. <laughs> it was beautiful, wasn't it? It was beautiful. The thing is, like, it's not even a lack of like a mixed in communication. It's just a pure lack of communication. If Kabak shouts for that, then Allison's got no right to come out of it. If Allison shouted for it, Kabak's got no right to swing for it. Quite clearly, neither of them have shouted at all. And Kabak has every single right to do what he's done there. That is outside of the area. That's not goalkeeper territory unless he shouts for it. So the the blame is once again on Allison. Very very poor goalkeeping. But there's no one else. I mean, you can't drop Allison. Danny Danny Murphy. I listened to Danny Murphy on the radio earlier today, and he made a very good point, which is you can't drop Allison because who else is there? Is I'd put that one? Irish kid in. Fuck it, he he's looked really good when he's played. Is he good enough to? What? What? To challenge for the title, mate? It's gone. No, not not so much that. But I mean, that is a shambles of a defence at the moment, and that mm. is a big ask to put a very inexperienced goalkeeper in there and say to him, "Not only have you got to keep a clean sheet, please, but sort this shit show out." Go. I mean, to his credit, when he played in the league previous, he's been sound. They've kept mm. a couple of clean sheets, and the defence hasn't changed. If anything, they've got one more experienced centre back. But like you said, he's Allison. I think he'll. It's like De Gea will be pushed to the absolute limit until he gets dropped. Yeah. Which we'll, we're not talking about um, David De Gea because uh, United didn't play on the weekend. United didn't play on the weekend. Neither did Everton. No. So Josh is going to Josh is going to have to speak about Liverpool, seeing as Everton have not played over the last seven days. So let's let's speak about your closest rivals just now. How did you feel with the events that unfolded over the weekend between uh, Liverpool Football Club and Leicester City, mate? Um, it it was nice to see, um, <laughs> but then it was uh, it was ruined by my team. <laughs> they didn't play. <laughs> <laughs> now, I'm, I won't lie. I watched the first half, lads. I didn't even watch the second half where all the action was. I had to catch up on match of the day. Um, I thought. Going back to what you said about Arnold having a bit of a nightmare of a season, I thought that we were just starting to see Arnold find a little bit of form again until they played Man City. And then it seemed to go backwards. And that was only confirmed by how he was absolutely rinsed for pace for the third goal. I don't I don't feel that all of the criticism for Allison is warranted because he's since he's been at the club, he's got a ridiculous amount of clean sheets. I know he's had a solid defence in front of him last season and the season before, not this season. You know, there's quite a lot of defenders missing through injury, what what have you. But is it not Klopp's job to make sure that they've got squad depth for, in case of injuries? I know they've had a lot of injuries, but it just shows that the, the depth wasn't quite there like they expected. It is his job, and then you you see it a lot on um, Twitter. I've saw it a lot anyway. Is a lot of the fans complaining that this is the owner's fault, 
um, for not providing them with money, um, which, you know, does make a lot of sense. They, they say they're not a big spending club, yet whenever they only make big signings is whenever they sell someone. Like they don't, they don't have the finances to literally go out and sign anyone. They have to sell first. Mm-hmm. I mean, what did they do this, this summer? Signed Thiago, who was funded by Lovren being sold. And I can't remember, they shipped off a couple, didn't they? Yeah, there was a few players that got pushed out the door. Probably yeah. uh, Rian Brewster, did he go? Bruce, on a yeah, ball? Brewster, yeah, yeah. Is, yeah, 20, yeah, 24 million and Thiago was 25 mil. So, yeah. Point proven exactly. They have to sell to make to buy. So it tells me that their owners don't like spending money, mm. which is which is a crying shame. Oh no. Um, anyway, so I just think that Klopp hasn't been funded, no. and when he has been when he has been funded, he's been his purchases have been brilliant. Like let's yeah. give him full credit. Virgil, Allison, like I said, Allison has been one of the best keepers in the league for a couple of years. He's just yeah. had a shaky couple of games. Every keeper has them. Yeah. He's just had his in, you know, two back-to-back games, basically, which is why it's intensified the criticism. Yeah. And it's intensified as well because it's so unusual for him because he has been yeah. so consistent over the last couple of years. Um, yeah. I think he's got Thiago wrong. And I ca- I'm I, shocked. I am I shocked by that. I cannot believe that I'm saying this, but he is not suited to System FC. Like he, he just doesn't work for that system. And he's probably being asked to do a completely different role because of Henderson having to drop into centre-back, yeah. which I think is harming him a lot more than people realise. Mm. But he's just not he's just not there at the moment. No. Which is a shame because he genuinely is one of my favourite footballers that I've seen over the last 10 years. I think he's fucking outstanding. But I'm not arse, lads. I actually can't give a fuck. <laughs> Liverpool, <laughs> Liverpool aren't finishing in the top four, and West Ham are going to finish above them. I, I just think that, and I've said this for a long time. I just think hindsight is a wonderful thing, and when when you're on top and you, you're beating everyone and you're winning, you win the Champions League a couple of years ago, and you're in the Premier League last season, and you just think your your shit smells wonderful. And I've always said there's just not been anyone so yeah no, I could have put that much better now <laughs> but you, there's just not been anyone no. there's not been anyone and when Liverpool had their run to the Champions League final <clears throat> a few years ago and then they got beat by Madrid I mean it was a decent run to the final but it wasn't you know it was a couple of banana skins in there but you would have expected Liverpool to get with the quality they had you would have expected them to get to the who, final who did they face Napoli they had Napoli they had uh, Roma in the semi-finals because yep. that's where they faced um, Allison. Roma yep. was probably their most difficult game, and when you look back at it, Roma Roma gave them a torrid, torrid time in the second, yeah. in the second leg. The, the season after, you know, they faced teams like they faced Bayern, but Bayern weren't Bayern like they are now. They were rebuilding. Barcelona, they got absolutely pasted first. Like they come back, they beat them four 0 and everyone thinks, "Oh my god, wow, this Liverpool team are incredible." And the, the five of us even did it. We were like, "Well, you can't deny it anymore." But now look at Barcelona, and it was starting. Like it was starting then. Last season, Liverpool romped to the title. Oh my god, they're incredible. Might be the best champions of all time. There wasn't anyone else. 
there wasn't anyone else. And full credit to Liverpool, you, you have to take advantage of that situation. United this season, we had to take advantage of the fact that everyone else has dropped points. And we, we have not been good enough to do it. So you've got to be good enough to do it, and Liverpool were good enough to do it, but there wasn't anyone else. Let's let's call a spade a spade. City were the only team that could challenge him, and they had no defence. This season, Liverpool have blamed everything, right? From from bleeding cold feet to it was windy that day to oh my god, we lost Van Dyke and Pickford should be in jail and, and all sorts of stuff. I'm not having it. We said it on the podcast last week. City have lost a whole spine of a team. They've lost Laporte, they've lost De Bruyne now, and they've had Aguero out for pretty much the whole season. They're, they're cruising. Absolutely cruising. Not having it. Everyone's got injuries in the Premier League. We are the only team that don't have injuries, and I'm not even talking about us because we've not played in the last seven days, so there's no point. <laughs> everyone has these challenges, and this is why they say it's, it's so easy to... It's not easy, but easier to win a, a league title. It's fucking well hard to defend it. Because then you are the one with the target on your back and you've got to be better then. And all that hunger and desire that you had from everyone around the club, from the top, the board, putting all the money into the club, getting the signings that you want, the manager wants, and trying to feed into your vision and everything, to the players themselves on the pitch, you've got to have that hunger and desire to go again. You've got to pick yourselves up and go, right, what now? Top of the mountain, we've got to go after it again. They've not had it. They've not had it. They've bottled it. City haven't. City haven't. City have watched them win the league last season. It's hurt. They've been licking the lips. Pep's turned around to them and said, "You see that last season? Make sure that never ever happens again." And when they went to when they went to City and beat them four 0 after Liverpool won the title, that was a marker. I'm telling you now, it was a marker. And Pep at the time would have been on them saying, "You let them know tonight, yeah, we mean business next season." And look what's happened. Do you know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of when City won their first title. And Fergie was like, fuck off. I'm not having any of that next year. And we absolutely demolished the league. It just completely reminds me of that situation for us where Fergie was like, no, fuck this. I'm going out signing the one thing I need, which was a striker. We went and got Van Persie. Pep did exactly the same last season. He got the one thing he needed, which was a defender. He's going to go Diaz. Which, which was like two hundred million pound defense. You went for yeah. two players. Yeah, <laughs> literally. I know what I need to spend more on the defense. Yeah. It's a strength in depth. It's scary. Like we've said, yeah. Ferran Torres hasn't been great, but he still played a role. He's still yeah. been good. And they've got other players coming to the fore, like Rodri starting to contribute. Gundogan has been unbelievable. Oh, let, let's He's talk. Been, let's talk about Okay Gundogan for a he, second. He has been like a a new signing. I mean, especially since like the Bruyne has been in and out and he, this season with his injuries and that. But I mean, especially what the last maybe 10, 15 league games, 10, 15 games, he's been absolutely phenomenal. I mean, his goal scoring record. I mean, I, did, I didn't think, didn't think he was much of a, a goal scoring midfielder anyway, but mm. it's like every week he's, he's, if he's not scoring one, he's at least creating something, creating an assist. Um, but he's he's just been absolutely fantastic, uh, you know, the last yeah. ten fifteen games. And when they've missed De Bruyne, he's 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 come in and stepped up. Um, like I say, Foden when he's played, you know, he's been fantastic. You know, Sterling's starting to get a bit of form again now. I mean, he he started the season a bit, you know, a bit in and out. Um, but again, they're doing all this without. Well, I know Jesus has come back recently, but ninety percent of the season. They didn't have they didn't have a striker as well, which yeah, it's it's scary. It is scary. Yeah, it's and mad. 
it's mad. You know, they're now what they what they seven eight points clear with a game in hand. With a game in hand, and it's like this 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 could get this could get silly. Yeah. <laughs> this could yeah. now get silly. But... Absolutely. Correction, was, by the way, it wasn't Napoli. It was it wasn't thought it was Napoli. It was it was Porto. Ah, I was okay. I think Napoli must have been a couple of yeah. scenes before. It was, then. it was Porto, then City. They beat City, remember? Yeah. And then it was Roma in the semis. But continue anyway, go on. Yeah. yeah. I, w- I was listening to a uh, unnamed uh, sports radio show the other day, and the uh, City fan was on the. Um, that looked very uh, distinguishable <laughs> there, Josh. <laughs> um, a City fan was on call, and they were talking to him about the whole De Bruyne situation and how, as good as he is, the City might actually be a better team without him because you get the best out of Gundogan, you get the best out of Bernardo Silva, Sterling gets more freedom and has more confidence. And the like midfield balance, he was saying, that this midfield balance all of a sudden is there without De Bruyne. It's like when De Bruyne's there, he's shoehorned in, which then shoehorns players like Foden out wide. Gundogan has to sit deeper. That's why we've not seen much of Gundogan for the last couple of years. He's had his injuries, but he's had to sit a lot deeper to accommodate De Bruyne. And it was, I was listening to it and I was speaking to one of my mates who was a City fan and he was like, you know what? In a weird way, it's right. Like, without them, it just brings through all the other talent they've got and it makes them a better team to be without De Bruyne. I mean, obviously, don't get me wrong, De Bruyne is one of the best fucking players in the world. Absolutely standing. Any team in the world would have him. But if you're having to put your other players out of position to make him work, is it worth it? I don't think it is. And I mean, go on, Dale. Yeah, yeah. They've won league titles with De Bruyne sat in that team and Gundogan sat mm. in that team. You know, you're telling me all of a sudden it's he's, he's sort of hindering certain players. No, no. I like, so this call. The, I think I think the call just made some very good points. It was yeah. like like the, we never see the best of Bernardo because he's forced out wide. Whenever De Bruyne is out, Bernardo comes into the middle, and all of a sudden everyone remembers what how good of a footballer he is. Mm. Like Bernardo's not a winger; he's way too slow. Yeah, that's how good their strength and depth is, though. That's yeah. how good their strength and depth is. And something that I wanted to discuss with City as well is obviously the big focus with City, and, and we discussed it as well is who who are they going to get in to replace Aguero? Because Aguero, you know, nearing the end of his career, and he's injured all the time, and Jesus just hasn't been up to the job. Or do they even need to replace Aguero? Do they need to? Because the system that they're playing at the moment, where, I mean, how many people play false nine for them this season? Cookie Sterling the there, De Bruyne, <laughs> they've had Foden. Like, they just seem to play. It's like, it's like I believe in carousel. Yeah. But, but the, the players are that good that even if you're taking away 10% of their ability by putting them in a position that they're not familiar with, by putting them in that false nine role, they're still good enough to... <sighs> A bit like the Liverpool fans try to argue with with Firmino. Like, oh, he's not a goal scorer, but he provides so much to the team. Well, I mean, you want to see an example of that? Have a look at City at the moment. I think, it's, I think it's easy whilst a team is flying and winning all the time to say that they probably don't need somebody to come in and replace Aguero. But it only takes a result, for example, against us, where they lose and then all of a sudden everyone's saying, oh, well, They've not got a striker, have they? That's why they lost. Yeah. So I think that they do need to have a striker up there for those occasions where people are going to start saying, oh, well, you know, you've never really replaced Aguero, have you? Well, get somebody in, replace them, and then nobody's got any excuse if you get beat. 
let, let's not let's not forget that they start. They were playing Rory Delap's kid at one point up front this season. Yeah, like where's that, he gone? He's still on the bench. <laughs> he's supposed to be like the, the next, the second coming of Jesus Christ. He, he looked he looked good when he played. He looked really good. I I have a genuine feeling and a genuine fear that they're probably going for Erling Haaland in the summer. I don't think Haaland will leave. So, was it was it Lee yesterday saying that, um, Real Madrid are going for him? Yeah, in the yeah, but I don't know where Lee gets his transfer news from. Yeah, I mean we have heard it on the <laughs> on the chat, haven't we? I think all of our fans have heard Lee's facts. So. Nicola Pepe with his yeah. seventy-five goals in one season. You know, Nicola <laughs> Pepe has seventy-seven goal contributions this season. Oh no, sorry, it's eight. <laughs> <laughs> I um. Do you know what, though? I, I will back Lee up here. If if Haaland is leaving Dortmund and he has a choice between Madrid and City, City are a rich club. And I, I, I know quite a few City fans. Like, I, I'm good mates with quite a few City fans. And I don't... I, I genuinely mean this from, from, from the bottom of my heart. I swear down, not lying. I don't mind City at all. I really don't. I don't like Liverpool and I don't like Leeds. They are the clubs I don't like. I do not mind City. Like, they've always just been like... Just the annoying little brother, aren't they? And they're having the moment in the sun. But I feel sorry for City fans sometimes because they've been through so much shit and now they've got the good times here now. But they're never, for me, they're never going to be a big club. They're a rich club and they're going to get a lot of success in the current run. But they're never gonna be a they're never gonna be a big club like a Real Madrid oh, or a Barcelona. So oh, many people. <laughs> listen, but am I wrong? Collins, I'm, hey. a, listen, I'm, a, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not reinventing the wheel. With what I'm saying here, I don't think City. I think City. I think City are a, a decent sized club. They're definitely one of the biggest clubs in England. I don't think they're ever going to be a massive, like, worldwide thing. Bro, they own about 13 clubs around the world. That's the owners. That's the owners. They're not going to be a big club. They're going to be the biggest club in the world because they're going to take over world football. Do you you see what I mean? That's the owners, and that's what the owners are doing, yeah? The football club itself, City, they just never... I don't think it's ever going to transcend. I think you forget how fickle and disloyal foreign football fans are. In England, yes, you are absolutely right. Everyone's going to think of them as nobodies or oh, the, te- the, te- the team that won the league. Yeah, but abroad, abroad but but that's where you become a big club. That's where all the fans from China, like African countries, South American countries, like they are the ones that right. Who's the most winningest team right now? And if they see City winning the title three out of four years, that that's who they're going to follow, aren't they? Yeah. It's a bit like Chelsea. Like Chelsea have had their success because of the money that Roman Abramovich is putting in. Really, if you it, as 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 English as the English yeah, our own fans, the Premier League fans and supporters who, who support other clubs and stuff in and around the leagues and even the lower league systems, if you really look at it, compare Chelsea against Arsenal. Arsenal are always going to be the bigger club for me. I've got a better comparison. Compare against you. Liverpool. Liverpool are always going to be the bigger club. United are always going to be the bigger club. Chelsea aren't really. They're there, but they're not. They're not one of the. The bigger club. Do you, do you see what I'm saying? Do you see what I'm getting at? Do you consider this is going to pain the answer? Maybe do you consider <laughs> Leeds United a big club? Unfortunately, yeah. Do you consider them bigger than Chelsea? It's hard to say because the history is comparable, and I I think that's a big part of it is yeah. the history of the clubs. 
And unfortunately for City, won these. Listen, there was periods in the past where City were, were very successful, right? But I think that's got to play a big part. And I think sometimes when these these owners come in, they just pump money into the club. Like United have never had rich owners just come in and, and buy players and stuff. Part of our success has, has been the history. That's what's made us the money that we've had to go on and buy players and stuff. And I quite like the the fact that City have got money. And it's been pumped in because it makes it more interesting. I like the fact that Chelsea have got money because I think it makes it more interesting. It can't just be us. Lads, I said it the other day, I'm, I'm buzzing that Burnley got took over because they've got money. That's it's another, that's another team football. now that's got a chance to do something in a league. It's good for football. Look at Everton. Everton, for years under... Um, oh, what's, his, <laughs> what's his name? He's been in charge of you for donkeys. David Moyes. No, the, the chair... <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I'll, I'll dig into my pocket and buy another yeah, player. Bill Kenwright is Bill Kenwright, like yeah. Bill Kenwright, yeah. <laughs> Listen, you did so well on the Moyes to get into the Champions League, you know, years and years ago. And the reason why it was such a massive success is because Bill Kenwright had fuck up. He didn't have a pot to piss in and you had to live within your means. Now that, now that Everton have got money, you can buy good players. You can bring Hammers in. You can have Carlo as your manager. You can get Alan in. Who's, who, Alan really is good enough to play for one of the one of the top six. Let's face it. He's oh, yeah, he'd fit in United's team tomorrow. I, but Everton are competing now. West Ham are, are, are getting put, trying to put more money into the club. I know their owners are tight as fuck, but it's good for these clubs. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. West Ham United has spent 450 million on 10 strikers, uh, 20 strikers in the last six years. Right? They are not tight as fuck. They are just shit spenders. No, listen. listen yeah. right. we've, got, we've got West Ham fans that listen to this. The owners are tight as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> we don't like West Ham's owners. No, no, no. Like, they, are, they are pricks, but they've had money and they've spent it awfully. But it's good. Like we've gone off on a tangent anyway. But it's good for the game for for money to be pumped into it. It yeah, makes it interesting. You, the more teams that are competing, the better. But in terms of maybe I'm an elitist, I don't know. But in terms, I think you've got to have a, a rich history there. And you compare City against four, five, six other teams. I can think of straight away off the top of my head. They're just never going. They're never going to be bigger than those teams for me. We have to look back in about thirty years' time to uh, see how the history books write themselves. Yeah, because people still talk about Nottingham Forest. I'm sorry, Forest haven't been relevant since '93. Like you can't consider them a big club anymore. They've just got a big stage. Sunderland, Sunderland, not a big club anymore. They're just that club in League One with a big stadium, and the Netflix documentary. It's a good documentary, though. Oh, it's great. Yeah, don't get me wrong. Uh, on the topic of uh, money boys, because I feel like if Lee was here, he'd want to talk about this, and I feel like it's <laughs> going to cause a good argument. Dio Upamecano. So, news came out yesterday that Upamecano, centre-back for Leipzig, has signed for Bayern Munich and will go there in the summer. Thoughts? I'm going to let you set the floor here because I just went on about City not being a big club for 10 minutes. So, <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to take the floor, but I can hear Lee's screams from where I am right now. Yeah, Lee, Lee for those that don't know is going fucking mental in the group chat. And when he's going to be listening to this, he's going to be screaming because he cannot stand the fact that another club, has, another player has stayed in Germany to join Bayern Munich. <laughs> and there's this whole argument of Tin Pot League, Farmers League, everyone just goes there to win things. 
lads, they won six trophies last year. They lost five games all season. Liverpool, Liverpool, yeah, won the league by 25 points. Who is the Farmers League? We have, for the last couple of seasons, we've had one clear club. It was sad that, wasn't it? When, when yeah. we, we've been calling other leagues Farmers Leagues for so many years and then that happened last season and we were like, oh, we're the Farmers League. We're the Farmers. <laughs> I, I think, I, I, like, I think a lot of people hate this and I've seen it on Instagram as well today where a lot of people complain and saying, oh, he's just going for the success. Yeah, fucking course he's going for the success. He's going there guaranteeing himself league titles and Champions Leagues. There's no, there's no club team I've I've got them on at the moment. They're losing 3-2 to near bottom of the table. But I'm pretty certain if you come back to me in 15 minutes, they'll have won this game. <laughs> yeah. You can guarantee it. Like, there's no... Yes, there's very little competition in Germany. But that's because of how good they are. We had no competition in England for years because of how good we are. Or we were, sorry. It's just, it's just got to turn 3-3 as well as you said that. Yeah, <laughs> go on. <laughs> I must be about a minute behind. Um... <laughs> Alfonso Davies. Oh, what a baller. Bunch of farmers. Farmers they are. <laughs> <laughs> but he's, he's going, oh, he's sorry for up. the farmers. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's going getting himself a, a Champions League winner's medal. Probably multiple, if we're being honest. I don't think there's anyone that touches Bayern Munich again this season. City, maybe. City are probably the only ones. Yeah. And City, to use your term, are notorious bottlers in Europe. That's what will make. That's what would make City a big club. They need to win the Champions League at least once to make them a big team. Because you know you were you were talking about Chelsea and how you think that Arsenal are probably the bigger side out of the two of them. But you know Chelsea did rack up that Champions League trophy. True. So yeah. So I I know they've won it just well just the once Everton have never won it. or, or probably never will win it, but you know I think it is it is European domination that decides whether you're a big club or not. Yeah, I agree. With that. Over a period of time, and City haven't done it in the Champions League, and that is why they're they're not. Oh, Davis, one of what the a hit, clubs. son! Jeez, I you know what, Josh? I 100% think you're right because that's why that's why Notts Forest are still considered a big club. That's yeah, why Aston exactly. Villa. Aston Villa are still considered a big Celtic. Club. Whoa, whoa! <laughs> Call it there. Call it there. We'll have none of that, no, but like, none of that. But like them, Benfica. Who the, who Red the fuck wants to, who, wants, who the fuck wants to play for Benfica anymore? But yeah, yeah. people Only... still consider them a massive club because they've had European history. Mm. I don't yeah, know, but well, it's like the, the argument that Lee was trying to make was Upper Meccano should have come and played with Harry Maguire instead of going playing in front ins- of Manuel Neuer. Yeah. Someone, someone, of- please tell me that I'm. Someone, please tell me that I'm not the only one that sees this as a great move for him personally. Oh, instead of Harry and Maguire, oh. sw- swap him out. <laughs> Dog. <laughs> should we? Can we? Ju- should we just address the elephant in the room dead quick, lads, and get it out of the way in two minutes? No. 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 Go on. <laughs> Harry Maguire, you are fucking wank. <laughs> what were you doing in the game yesterday? Oh, simple. I'm going to do a separate podcast on simple defensive techniques 
and when you should step out and when you should drop deep. And I hope there's one person that listens and one person only. And it's that slabhead cunt. <laughs> I do, and do you know what? In a sick and twisted way, and I said this to my brother, I'm glad that Sam Johnson saved that header in the last second. Because if he'd have scored that, Harry Maguire would have been forgiven for literally everything in that game. I, I don't know if I would have forgiven him, but credit where credit's due, it was a great header and oh, it was an header. unbelievable save. Yeah, that was an save. unbelievable save. He will never in his entire career make a better save than that. Never. <laughs> I absolutely guarantee you. Who are West Brom playing next? I bet they're playing someone shite. Like... <laughs> fucking Crystal Palace or something and he'll let one bobble in off his knee or something. But he'll always good, have he that. had a good one in the yeah. return game as well. Early. He had a good one all, there you go, yeah. yeah you, Chris, honestly, Tarkovsky is going to absolutely fucking toe <laughs> one straight at him. It's going to hit him in the face and go in the corner. But he'll always have that Maguire save. Right, that's the exorcism out of the way. Josh, it, Josh, what's going on? I don't often say this, but it was Ancelotti for me yesterday that was the problem. Hmm. And I don't know if you've read any feeds from Everton fans today, but I think it's an opinion that's shared. I probably, to be honest, I think that people were voicing my opinion before I even thought about it myself. (laughs) So maybe I'm stealing their opinion, but um, I I spoke to Evertonians at work today about it. They've all got the same opinion. It was obvious from the get-go that the formation and the team that he put out wasn't effective. It wasn't working. They were getting corners against us. We couldn't defend them. We were lucky that we went in at nil-nil. Very lucky. I even put it into the chat. We played dreadfully and it was nil-nil. I was happy with a nil-nil after such a poor performance. But why wait till 65 minutes to change it about when it's not working from the get-go? Why lad, wait lad, so you're long? On a, you're on a podcast with United fans talking about late substitutions. Join the, Come and sit down with us. Pour <laughs> yourself a cup of tea. Let's have therapy no. about it. Parallels. <laughs> Pour have a whiskey. <laughs> but like from Oli, we've come to expect it. That is very unlike Ancelotti. Yeah, Ancelotti usually changes things very quickly. I, remember, I can't remember who you were playing, but there was a game earlier the season where I think someone was playing right back for you and you switched to Wobi to right back. Like right oh, wing Fulham. Back. It was Fulham, but the, the other game. Was it the yeah. other game? Yeah, 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 yeah. And it just completely and utterly changed the game. And he made that change after about 25 minutes. Yeah. And he was just on it. I So, but th- this is where the parallels are mad for me. I always draw parallels between us and Everton. I fucking have to sometimes because we do a podcast together, obviously. But just yesterday, Carlo got the team all wrong. It was exactly the same with Ollie. Two holding midfielders against West Brom. You've just set up wrong. You've just set up completely wrong. It's like you've not watched Fulham all season and and you've just thought, it's only Fulham. This is what I don't get. There's no way that he's prepped for this game all week and thought, oh, Big Sam might play three up front, you know. He might go for it. Fucking Big Sam, we knew exactly what he was going to do. It's it's excuses like, you know, the one that's come out today for Everton was, oh, maybe we were a little bit fatigued from the FA Cup. You... I mean, when was the FA Cup game? Three, four days ago? Yeah. I, I, yeah, I can go and train for a couple of hours, right, have a good night's sleep and do it again the next day. And I am a broken, broken man. I am not an <laughs> athlete. So how athletes can 
rest properly and then go and play again at 100% three or four days later will always be beyond me. I, I buy fatigue a little bit. I'm not buying it to the point where you see that, that we saw against Fulham. Like it, it was abysmal. It really was. And, and us. We, we went 120 minutes in the FA Cup and the excuse for Greenwood not playing was because he played all 120 minutes. Yeah, well, so did Marcus Rashford. And let me tell you who did more in both games. Mason Greenwood. Yeah, Greenwood got about 15 minutes on Sunday. No, was he the first change? He was the first change, yeah. wasn't he? Yeah. yeah, so he got 25 minutes. And Rashford got a full 90 again. We just look lethargic, especially the first 20, 25 minutes. Um, I mean, I, I, I did watch the Everton game, but it sounds like a similar story with the Everton performance. But just... It was just no urgency, just lethargic. Just like I said, I don't know if it was the 120 minutes for half the team, you know, playing, you know, FA Cup game a few days earlier. But it just, it summit, summit weren't right. And then even like say playing Scott and Fred, both just sort of sitting there in front of the back four. I mean, it's like Scott didn't really get the the chance to sort of roam forward until the second half, but. You know, you could tell after the first twenty minutes we were going to have eighty percent of the ball. Yeah. We're going to be we're going to be counting their half. You know, get another player, get another body forward. But he doesn't trust the back two. And do you he know what? I don't him. I don't blame him for that. I don't blame him either. But do you know what? Address it in the transfer market. Address yeah. it in the transfer market because I know what we're saying about. Listen, it, it ain't no fucking pipe dream of Upper Meccanos to 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 play for our defence at the moment. It really isn't. But at least be in the conversation. At least be in the conversation. And he's got a very, can I just add, he's got a very capable uh, centre-back partner at Leipzig there who we should also be looking at. In fact, I'd say we should be looking at him more than up Meccano because I, I think he would be a fantastic signing for United. I think I think Canati is brilliant, but I've, I and I still retain to this day that I still think Mukiele is the one who can play both right-back mm. and centre-back. I like I like my defenders yeah. who can be versatile, and I think someone, especially like Wan Bissaka, needs fucking help and needs some competition. So I want lo- Phil Jones back, mate. <laughs> I look. I didn't say I wanted it to happen, but it wouldn't surprise me if it happened. No. You know, listen. No, I'm going to say something crazy and slag me off in the comments below, folks. I will respond on Wednesday. Look at Lingard. Lingard's gone to West Ham. He's not looking a bad player. I know it's only been three games. He's not looking a bad player, is he? If we can get anything half as decent as that, some sort of revival out of Phil Jones, and he can at least put a bit of pressure. Oh, no. He should. He should have gone on loan. He should have That's absolutely cold. gone. On, he should have absolutely gone on loan in the January. I don't understand how we've, he's survived. Maybe maybe it's because he's injured. He's injured. Didn't he? Yeah, like, but he needs a loan and he needs some games and he needs a stable partnership. There is a player in there in Phil Jones. Just like there was a player in there in Chris Smalling, and Chris Smalling is now showing that at Roma because he's been given the confidence to do it. Can't be worse than what's going on at the moment. Do you, oh, do no, you it feel... can. It can. Believe me, it can. Do you? <laughs> I dread to think. Do you feel the same with Everton, Josh? Do you, do you feel like because you went with a different back two yesterday, yeah, and it just didn't seem to work. Like you seem to be missing Mina and Keane an awful lot. But with Mina, like, do you think they work? Or do you think there needs to be a combination between 
one of the lads that was on last night and then one of them. I like. I honestly do like the uh, Mina Keen um, partnership. But do I think that Mina's good enough? I think that Keen is. Do I think Mina is? No, I don't. I like what he offers, you know, sort of in the air if we get a corner or something like that. And if, if we're, we've conceded a corner and, uh, you know, most times he's going to win the header, isn't he? He's, he's fucking massive. Um, but I don't think that he's good enough, no. I think he's somebody that should be an outlet on the bench that you roll on if, if you're desperate. Holtgate had a terrible night last night, and I don't. Yeah. I, I really rate him. I think he's he's been a brilliant player for us, and he's come on leaps and bounds when he's been needed. But he was needed last night, obviously, and he's trying the rotation. But after the cup game, but it just wasn't there last night. There was no urgency. That we set up really poorly. It wasn't changed quickly enough from Ancelotti. I don't really even know what to say about Everton's performance last night other than it was shite. I've got nothing more to add other than it was shite. It was really disappointing. And what's more disappointing is that we are playing a flying Man City team in a couple of days and we'll play better against them. That's the most annoying thing. We will play better against City. I'll probably eat my words when we get drilled seven or eight. But we will play better against City then we did against Fulham and we had an opportunity to go on the same points as Liverpool, our city rivals, which would have just shown how much... I know they're having a bad season, you're comparing it to the last two. But for us, if we were on the same amount of points as Liverpool Football Club, then it would show that under Ancelotti we have progressed and the signings that we've made have been the right signings. But once again, we bottled it. You know, we talk about other teams bottling it. Spurs bottle it all the time. We were saying that Leicester might bottle it against Liverpool. We bottled it last night against Fulham. And I hate that because that was an ample opportunity for us because we've got City next and we should have been taking three points off Fulham. Yeah. I was just looking at the table then with you when you said about being level with points on Liverpool. I didn't realise that Chelsea had cut up into fourth. Yeah, Chelsea. Yeah, if they win today, yeah. Silently creeping up. Do you know what? Fair play, Thomas Tuchel. Got him playing, yeah. got him winning. Mm-hmm. We'll have to speak to Jeff. We'll have to get Jeff on and yeah, see what he yeah. thinks now. Yeah. Yeah. My name is Jeff. Uh, <laughs> another, another team that's jumped above um, Liverpool, we've gone and stunned them briefly, West Ham. Yeah. Are they legitimate top four contenders? No. <laughs> no. <Ooh>. Moving on. <laughs> Possibly. I'll ask you this question now. Then, yeah. does this top, does this top four change, Dale? I'll ask for you first. Does this top four change now for the rest of the season? Do we finish on City, United, Leicester, and Chelsea? Yes. Oh, he's done it. He's done it. <laughs> yeah, I think it. <sighs> He's done him. He has done him. <laughs> <laughs> he does not look happy. You know, I wasn't even thinking of that. I was thinking of G, Martin Tyler. Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking. G, G, he's, he's about he's to go keep for his it. That is the <laughs> most embarrassingly low-key celebration to a hardcore Martin Tyler moment I've ever seen in my life. He was literally like, what the fuck do I do here? Yeah. <laughs> there was shoot, no way. Shoot, you bastard. <laughs> there was no way that we could not throw the tractor-driving guy into that. Yeah. 
<laughs> and have a go co-karting. Easy. <laughs> to, to this day, every single time I pick up the phone, pretty much to anyone, I'm like, all right, Mude? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's get him on the show. Let's locate him and get him on. Right, Dale, Dale says yes. What do you yeah. two think? Top four stay the same? No. Who, who drops out then and who comes in? I still always have the nightmare scenario that Liverpool will find form and creep back up into the top four. They've just got too many good players to not push that top four, I think. Like, the, the injury woes won't last forever. See, I, I, I think Chelsea have got too many good players to have been as bad as, well, not as bad as, you know, when Frank got sacked. But, you know, the new manager's come in. He seems to be getting a bit more out of these mm. these players. Um, you know, Werner's just, <laughs> Werner seems, if he's not scoring, he's putting a few assists in, you know. He puts a shift in, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. I mean, Abraham was just, you know, he, he was just getting a run of games, but he's just gone off injured. But Juru's just come on and scored a goal. You know, the the keeping clean sheets as well. Look at the the fairly solid at the back. Um, so he seems to be getting that little bit more out of them at the minute. And Liverpool aren't getting too much more out of their players at the moment with the injuries as well. Uh, yeah, I think Chelsea will will stay in the top four for me. I, um, I absolutely agree with you. I think this is the Chelsea we were expecting to see when yeah. they signed all them players. It's, do you know what it is as well? It's the other like, other players he's brought through, like Hudson Odoi is finally getting a run of games, mm. who hasn't seen the pitch much at all. And I know he's got Christensen on at the moment, and that's probably due to injuries. But I don't think he's a bad defender. I think Christensen's a very solid option to have. I don't know what the situation is. Why on earth is Kepper in net tonight? Is Mendy injured? No idea. Well, so far he's not conceded. So I mean, yeah, that's what I mean. That's a Maybe result in its it. own right. Maybe he needs it, yeah. I think Tuchel's done a, a really good job of wiping the slate clean with a lot of them. I'm just saying, like, no matter what happened under Lampard, it doesn't matter. He's not Fresh here start. anymore. Fresh start for you all, which is the best way to approach it. And the thing that Tuchel's done really, really well is he's probably identified that Lampard was trying to, to bleed through a lot of youth and he was trying to... I think we can all see what Lampard was trying to achieve in terms of his recruitment, in terms of the system and the way that he wanted Chelsea to play. And I think Tuchel's done a really, really good job of coming in and saying, I'm not putting a stop to that, but we are in a moment of time where the results are just not good enough. We're in a rut and we need to bring back tried and tested, which is why I think, you know, his standout performers so far are Azpilicueta and Alonso. Yeah, two experienced defenders, just a master stroke it was to bring them back in. Burnley specifically, I talk about again just because they both scored, but it's an absolute master stroke to bring them back in. Really level and level headed, plenty of experience, been there, done it, still got ability, still got the legs, just steady the ship at the back, get everything nice and tight and everything again at the back, and we can build on it. Nil nil draw against Wolves. Got a point, decent point. I know Wolves are bad at the moment. And then we springboard off that. And I think they've springboarded really, really well. And they're looking like a decent side now. 
Whether they will pip Liverpool, I don't know. This all depends on whether Liverpool can find a way out of this rut that they're in. And I just don't know if they can because it looks really bad at the moment. Like, really bad. Good. <laughs> I speak for everyone in the England who isn't a Liverpool fan when I say good. So where, where, where do West Ham finish then, boys? Where do we, if, if they're not getting in the top four, they're sitting in fifth now. Did they stay fifth? I mean, what's your hope? Is it top six? Yeah, uh, yeah, six, yeah, six. And then it might be seventh, depending on whoever wins the FA Cup. I think if United or City win the FA Cup, then... Oh, no, if City win the... Is it FA Cup or Community Shield goes in... Not Community Shield, Carlin Cup. Whichever one of them two wins goes into Europa League, doesn't it? And then that Carlin. gets passed down into seventh, yeah. So if City win it, then it'll be seventh. Yeah. So, I mean, you've got, you've got West Ham at fifth on 42 now. You've got Liverpool sixth on 40. But then there's the, there's a three-point gap. You've got Everton, uh, 37. Villa and Tottenham on 36. But, you know, they've got games in hand. So I don't want to. I don't want to write Villa off. Mm. I don't want to write Villa off. They've got two games in hand. They could I'm, go joint fourth. I'm writing Villa off. They're yeah. not going to come anywhere near the top six. Oh no, I I'm not, not writing them off at all. I think they've got a really solid backline, quality keeper. They've got Barkley fit again. I think I think they are as much as a right to finish in that top six as Liverpool and West Ham do at the moment. I think Villa have been really, really good this season. I just, I don't think they're as good as West Ham. I don't think they're as good as Everton. Um, and you've still got others. I mean, I know they're a joke at the moment, but you've still got Spurs in there. And you can guarantee Spurs at some point are going to stop the rot and they're going to pick up a, a good run of results. Yeah, when they, the sat, when they sat Mourinho. Yeah. Because you know, you just know he's going to win the Carling. He'll win the Carling Cup. Not the Carling Cup, the Carabao Cup. The Rumbelows Cup. Well, it won't be the FA Cup now, will it? <laughs> no, it will not. <laughs> I like it. Uh, one, all right, then one final team I want to talk about before we go to Dick of the Week. You mentioned them earlier. Wolverhampton Wanderers. Oh, the Wolves. Oh, the Wolves. What a... Someone, someone said they turned a corner in the group chat. Who was it? Probably Lee. Yeah, I think it was Lee, wasn't it? <laughs> I mean, turn the corner. They've just played Southampton, who've won winning eleven games. It's like fork off. Is that the run they were on? One winning eleven Premier League games. <laughs> yeah. Jesus. And it's like I'm not being funny. I mean, the team <laughs> on such low confidence. Do you, do you remember what that win was against nine man Arsenal? <laughs> <laughs> Nine-man Arsenal, and they still won 2-1. And you know what? There was parts of that game, even when Arsenal went down to nine-man, I thought, they might they might make an equaliser here, you know. That's how <laughs> low on confidence Wolves look. Oh, no, 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 no. They beat Liverpool 1-0 at home. And oh, then, did they? Unlucky. Yeah. Unlucky. <laughs> and then they've lost, they've lost like six or seven league games on the bounce. Funny enough, I, w- I want to draw the comparison with Wolves to Liverpool. I think Wolves have been punching above the weight for about two or three seasons. Like, since they came up, they've been consistent top six, top seven. Like, it's not like they've done a Leeds this season. Like, they forget about being a breath of fresh air. Wolves came up, were the fresh air, and finished sixth in their first season back in the league and stayed there for about two or three seasons. And I think losing Raul and losing Doherty, I think they've just 
plateaued and they've just hit a wall and that this is their ceiling for the moment. They they will not finish higher than tenth. I will be gobsmacked if they finish higher than tenth this season. And I think oh, with right. the injuries and the transfers that they've made, I think that's a good season. But yeah. it's how they recover because they're bordering on Sheffield United territory for next season of having a half-decent season. And if they don't replace players, they could be in a struggle because everyone around them is getting better. I think they're having a season off. Yeah. I think they're having a season off. I think they'll come back and they'll, they'll be back to the best next season. I hope but so. I think, I think they started... And I'll clarify the difference here because I don't want anyone spotting what I said about fatigue before about me not really believing in it and then bringing this point back into it. When I said before about fatigue, I'm talking about, you know, in the space of a game week where a team's playing well and then all of a sudden one game, they look tired and everyone's like, oh, they must be fatigued. No, it doesn't work like that. It doesn't work like that where you just all of a sudden magically fatigued after three days. Where I'm trying to link this in with Wolves is Wolves started their season last season in July, I think it was. And they started qualifying for the Europa. They went all the way through. Obviously, we had the the coronavirus sort of break that that just hindered everything. It all stopped. Then they've come back, and then it's straight into this season. And Wolves, of all the people that have been bothered by fixture congestion, have probably been the worst because they started so early on last season and they finished so late on because they got so far into the Europa League. And then restarted again early and on then because they qualify again. again. Yeah, so I think, I mean, you're talking physically, mentally, just probably so draining in that squad. The squad's even smaller now because of selling key players and, and injuries. Jimenez is a talisman for him. He really is a key, key player. And that is just going to knock your confidence even more. And they're just having a season off, I think. I think Wolves just need to avoid relegation. They need to avoid getting sucked into that dogfight, which I think they will comfortably. Yeah, there's no way they get dropped into that. I think 45 points is a good goal for Wolves. Just have a season off. You've exceeded expectations, like you said before, Danny, and then just go again next season and reset. But this this season's over for them. You're not going to win a cup. Even though you're still in the FA Cup, you're not going to win it. Right? Just better teams than you in it. It's very unlikely you're going to have a go. So just have a season off, avoid relegation, don't get sucked into it, go again next season for me. I don't know if anyone agrees or disagrees. or F- Fully oh, agree. Spot I agree. Yeah, yeah. 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 yeah I, okay, don't, I don't understand what that lad would... Uh, you, you'll have to tell me his name, but I've, I've seen very little of Wolves this year and they've signed this new lad with long hair up front. Fabio Silva. I don't know what he adds to that team. Every time so, I have seen them, he's been shit. Yeah, he. Yeah. I, I feel sorry for him because he mm. was definitely one for the future. And the Raul injury has really just thrust him into the first team, which he's just not ready for. Um, <clears throat> he should have been sent alone for personal development. At the same time, I bet Wolves are fucking glad they didn't. But that's why they went and signed Willian Jose, who is similar in stature and play style to Raul, only... Nowhere near as good as Raul. No. He was but poor yesterday for me. The biggest issue that they have at the moment is Adama Traore. He's taken about two steps back. Mm. He He's not beating defenders like he once was. And his end product, where I think I said at one point in this podcast a couple of, two months ago, that I'd have him at United because his end product was improving. Fucking hell, I'd rather have Dan James now. Jesus Christ. He is... Growth hormone, Dan James, I was just about to say. Yeah. 
there's no there is no end product there and he could get away with it with Raul in the box because Raul would find the ball you just had to chip it into an area and Raul would win it yeah but Jose Silva they are not them players no um and he is missing massively and he's missing Doctor behind him as well that was a huge thing Josh you said it the other week Connor Cody's season was completely yeah. derailed after the England games. Mm-hmm. He just hasn't been the same. They've missed uh, Johnny at left wing back. Mm. Uh, Eight Nori's been okay. Uh, that Hoover lad has been all right. But like Johnny's different player. Neto is the only bright spot for me at the moment. On, on the real side. And, and they will do very well to keep hold of him. At 20 years old, he looks like if he can get his end product right, he's going to the top. He will be sensational. Yeah. Scary to think, in it? If they would have kept all the Doherty, if they would have had Jimenez, you know, stay fit and that didn't happen against Arsenal. If they could have kept all the Jota, you know, the, the Wolves, a good squad. And I, I don't get this. I think it's this thing that um, Espirito Santo does with, with the small squad, where he likes his squad to be smaller. It's biting you in the arse. And I, I think he's really going to, he's going to end up rethinking that. And I think if, if he isn't already, I think he's the end of the season he's going to end up thinking, I need a bigger squad here. If I'm going to I achieve... Think, I think he's planning already. I think he must be planning for reinforcements in the summer. Mm-hmm. January was rough for everyone. No one really signed anyone. Coronavirus has affected so many teams. They probably regret spending about £36 million on Samedo. Like yeah, that, well, he's not, he's not good enough, is he? Let's face no, it. He's not, no. he's not 36 million's worth. No, he regrets, <laughs> probably regrets spending 36 on Fabio Silva. Whether he comes good in the future or not is a different story, but I think they need some strikers so then they can let Silva go out on loan and let him go yeah. and get some proper game time. Yeah. Well, Santos built a squad already, hasn't he? He built the squad that got them into the Europa League and did fantastically in that. So if anyone can do it again, it, he's proven himself. He can do it again, can't he? Yeah, no doubt about it. He's he's a class manager. Yeah, I, I reckon. I, I know we probably want to call it a, a night soon, but maybe we should just chip in with Arsenal's result last night because we can't brush by the fact that Arsenal. No, actually, yeah, you're right. You're right. Actually, got a decent result. Aubameyang scored a hat trick, and um, breath of fresh air. FC got hammered. So. Oh yeah, no, no, no. The the game wasn't about. Arsenal winning 4-2, the game was about Leeds playing good football and they might have conceded four, but they played really good football and scored two goals. So forget about Arsenal, that was all about uh, Leeds United. I mean, I tweeted before, but I I just don't know how Leeds United aren't being considered for a Victoria Cross for their performance last night. Because, I mean, how many superlatives do you want to use? Brave, heroic, just fantastic, just a breath of fresh air. (laughs) Honestly, at 4-0 down, I just thought, for anyone else, this would be over. But not for Leeds. Oh, no, 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 no. Not for Leeds. And they got those two goals, and I just thought, how courageous of them. Hey, they won the second half. They They won won the second half. (laughs) As Everton did very recently against Man United. Yeah. They won the second half. Arsenal has been on a, a bit of a decent run recently. I mean, I say, I say that and look at the form and they've won one, lost two and drawn. So, I retract that statement. No, they're playing um, better though. They're playing, they are they're playing, playing better. better. Yeah. I think Aubameyang's personal issues hopefully are behind him. I don't know what they were in the end, but you never like to see any player missing games due to personal issues. Um, talking of 
Arsenal, actually. I didn't say that Martinelli's Instagram got hacked yesterday. No. Oh, his, his Instagram got hacked and like the hackers posted loads of literal random pictures of the Instagram logo and then went live with like some random like DJ mask on. It was the <laughs> most bizarre thing I've ever seen. It was so weird. Did, um, did any of our Arsenal players get their social media hacked recently? Or? Are you about to drop a reference that I don't know about? Oh, I've forgotten a, about. I feel like it's a joke. No. I think we're all aware of which Arsenal player I'm talking about and some strange things that went on on his social media. Oh! <laughs> um, I've, I've still not seen that. I don't want to see it. Switch. We, we need to clarify this because we need to clarify this because there was some... And I think this leads into dickhead of the week nicely, actually. Because, as per usual, there's just dickheads on social media that just decide to abuse players and the rest of it. And is it any wonder that any potentially gay player, and there's definitely players in the football league system all the way up to the Premier League that are gay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely is, right? And the fact that they still can't come out because this disgusting abuse like came out after that video, daft. And that is not why we're highlighting it, yeah? It's got nothing to do with with, with his sexuality or anything. Right? You, you are who you are and you can be with who you want to be with and there shouldn't be any issues from anyone as far as I'm concerned, or any of us. I think I speak for all of us. The weird one for me is what is happening. <laughs> That's what I mean. Don't... It's a social aspect of it for me, because I would never, regardless of the people I'm around, right, just whip it out and decide, this is where I'm going to pleasure myself. It's not even the fact that he's whipped <laughs> out. He's fully fucking naked. And he's just sat next to a dude already. Saliba's fucking next and recording. Then another one just comes and joins him. Like, I mean, yeah, don't, like, fuck's sake, don't abuse anyone for their sexuality. Abuse them for being weird. It's just strange behaviour. This is what I'm saying. Whether you are gay, straight, no matter what gender you are, what you identify as, to be, it's weird. You've just stated the nail on. It's weird enough for you to just pull your pants down. My man was bollocko, mate. He had nothing <laughs> on. He didn't even have a pair of trainers or socks on, and he was just going for it. How weird is that? It's so weird. I was what I watched it, and I thought, why is no one going to pull him up? Or is no one just sat there like? Somebody was pulling something. Hey! <laughs> Fam, do, you think, do you think this is normal, like, social decorum or what? <laughs> Just oh, God. bizarre. And as a result, I don't know who that player was, whether he's even a player or not, um, he's my decade of the week. Nice. Nice. Um, I've only got one, um, and it is uh, Stefan Posh, who plays for Hoffenheim. Now, I don't know if you boys have seen this incident over the weekend, but Hoffenheim had an injured player down, um, but they were on the counter-attack against Dortmund. So naturally, they're not going to kick the ball out, are they? Unfortunately, they gave the ball away and Haaland went and scored. And no. Potts decided, cunt, you should have kicked the ball out. No, 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 no. If it's okay for your team to take advantage, it's okay for Haaland to take advantage. Know the rules, play to the whistle, get on with it. Also, that game like was a defensive disaster class. Disaster it was. Class. Oh, it was. The commentator on it, one of the, I'll send you the, the short BT highlights. 
the commentator nailed it on the head. It's the one of the most entertaining games I've ever watched because of how bad the defending was. It it could have been seven seven, and that's not an exaggeration. It was awful, but what what did watch. it finish? Two two. Oh, <laughs> 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 must have been some poor poor striking and Oh yeah, there was yeah yeah poor poor defending and poor attacking as well. We love a Desmond. We do love a Desmond. Go on, Josh. Lyle. Dale, is it is it Celtic or? Uh, I'll be honest, I haven't got one. <laughs> right, so, so it's Celtic then. <laughs> well, I did read. I did read actually. They are in some financial trouble. <laughs> it is actually Celtic. Come on, mate. Please, please, please tell. Please tell. Yeah, apparently they've uh, reported a financial loss uh, for the last twelve months or you know whatever period. Uh, so yeah, but they still could afford a, a training camp in was it Dubai in January, <laughs> and then furloughed the all under eighteen squad uh, as well. Just not yeah. just any training camp, a training camp after losing the old firm. Yeah, <laughs> unbelievable, unbelievable. Speaking of, old, speaking of the old firm, let's go full circle. Do you know Rangers have been? done today for uh, breaking COVID regulations because some of their players yeah. were caught at a house party. Yep. I can't see Steven Gerrard fucking being happy with that. It no. would not surprise. Whatever players they are, I bet they're dropped in the next game. There's no way that Gerrard would be happy with that. 18 points clear, I think, or something they are now with, what, seven games in hand. And could you imagine if anything happened and Nicola Sturgeon was like, right, football's gone. Could... You imagine if Nicola Sturgeon, they're so close to breaking that nine year and, and she just cancelled the law. You would, there's going to be civil war in the streets, man. Yeah. Good. <laughs> <laughs> that would be the only time in my life where Scottish football would be slightly interesting. <laughs> what, what with it being cancelled <laughs> yeah, just for the political climate in Glasgow for those few weeks after she made that decision it would be absolutely glorious in fact I think the, the, the reason why she's not made that decision already is because she knows if I cancel the league they're not going to be asked about COVID guidelines I'm fucking telling you now they'll be out in the streets Yeah, they'll be out in the streets oh god yeah them Rangers fans would take no mercy oh no it would be horrible and could you imagine Celtic fans they would be but imagine imagine if it happened last season with us Liverpool are, are what 35,000 points clear and then they cancelled the league you think you, you think what that guy was doing on the video with Saliba was, was inappropriate? Oh, my God. I would have been out in the streets of Buckley, mate. Talking about Bolico, I would have been having the time <laughs> of my life if that happened. Could you even imagine? Glorious. <laughs> Josh, before we all have to imagine Chris and his wang out, forgive us your final dick of the week. Uh, just because it really hits close to home for me, it's got to be Carlo Ancelotti. I, I love the guy but we should be beating Fulham. So I'm going to give it to him because he got it all wrong. And when he should have picked up that he got it wrong, he didn't until it was too late. Nice. Yeah, to be fair, Ollie was a very close second for mine. But that is another debate for another day. We've, uh, we've slightly changed the format to Dickhead of the Week. So for mm. anyone who usually watches the podcasts, you'll appreciate that we all usually just go around a room and then we like all decide between ourselves who, who our winner is. But because Dale has pretty much made this section his own, 
with his continued abuse of Celtic, even th- even further than past the point of where I've abused Celtic in the past. <laughs> we, we've now decided that from now on, we're all going to nominate, and then Dale's going to pick the winner. So, Dale, who is your dickhead of the week, mate? Mm. Um, I will go. I will go with Josh's. I will go with Ancelotti <sighs> this week. I don't even know if I should be proud of that. I'm not going to say that's a victory you don't want. (laughs) No, just with the fact, you know, with the, with you know, it could have been, you know, with a win that could have, you know, made things really interesting with it, with the top four, top, you know, top five, six, um, and obviously bringing you on level points with your, with your lovely neighbours, you know, it would have, you know, would have been a nice little momentum as well going into the city game, but. Yeah, it sounds like uh, Ancelotti got it completely wrong in that department. So, result speaks for itself, mate. Yeah. <laughs> so, unfortunately, Miss uh, Ancelotti, I'm you gutted. are dickhead of the week. <laughs> I'm gutted. I was absolutely certain that Bolico Wanka was going to clench it for me. <laughs> that, that's weirdo of the week. That's yeah. weirdo of the year. Yeah. I don't know who's weirdo. The guy that did it or Saliba for actually recording it. Yeah, that is odd. I feel for Saliba because I, I feel like that even the look on his face, he was like, to all his followers, you're never going to believe what's happening here. <laughs> I feel like that was going down the line of, I feel sorry for him because I'd have done the same if I was in his scenario. That's what you wanted to say there. Well, what else do you do? Like, just pull out your phone. Like, <laughs> you would not believe the day I'm having here. <laughs> Guy's just fucking casually scrolling Twitter and then it's like, hey up, Snapchat story. Go on, lad. <laughs> that was a shock on Twitter that night, I'm telling you. I saw all that, oh my God, what's Saliba's done and stuff? And I was just like, what's this all about? And then well, that... as, soon as, I, as soon as I searched his name, I regretted it. Well, that was the thing because it literally come out the day before that he'd taken a swipe at Arteta for yeah. not playing him and not giving him a chance. And then he was trending again. So I was just like, oh, here we go. Here's another swipe. Yeah. Um, not quite a swipe, but well, that's what I thought it was. I thought there was some sort of like conversation again that you'd have yeah. about Arteta. Yeah, no, no, it wasn't that. <laughs> no. no, it was not. <laughs> Wrap it up, Danny. It was the literal dick of a week. <laughs> <laughs> I am not topping that, boys. Uh, from myself, Dale, Josh, Chris, and the absentee Lee, thank you very much for listening. Go and subscribe to us on YouTube. Follow us on Twitch. Catch us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at WeAre4M1T. I had to remember what the uh, username is because I don't use Twitter anymore. Wonderful. And, uh, yeah, don't go and get your dicks out in front of a group of lads. It's a bit weird. I might make that a soundbite from now on. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for listening to the podcast. If you like what you heard, please subscribe to us. You can subscribe on Spotify, Anchor, Apple and Google Podcasts and all other major podcast stations. Also, you can find us on YouTube. Just search for Formax One Toffee. And please follow us on social media at WeAre4M1T.